marital affairs. We hear about them all the time. They're often the hot topic about celebrities or other people that we see in the media. There are times when we go, oh, I saw that one coming from a mile away. But then there are others that we see that some of the most solid marriages or godly people also seem to fall prey to an affair. How does this happen? And more importantly, how do we keep this from happening in our own marriages? Well, I invite you today to pull up a chair next to mine as I give a little marriage advice as to how to affair-proof your marriage. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. I want to give you just a small word of caution before we get started today. This topic may not be something that you want to listen to in earshot of your little ones. Not that there's anything explicit in it or anything like that, but it may bring up some questions that you're not quite ready to answer. So you may want to listen to it when you're alone. Here we go. If it can happen to some of the most solid marriages that we know, or to people that we know are true followers of God, then how can we keep the devastating blow of an affair from hitting our own marriages? How do we protect ourselves? And is there anything that we can do to protect our husbands from falling prey to having a relationship outside of marriage? Well, ladies, there is plenty that we can do and that we should be doing. Even if we think that our husbands would never do this or we would never do this, it can happen so subtly that we need to be aware. We need to know what it is, what it looks like, so that we can make sure it doesn't happen to us. So first and foremost, we must, and ladies, this is a very, very strong must. We absolutely must avoid temptation. There are various ways that we can be tempted in this, and some of them being very subtle, like I said, and we don't even realize that we are in the middle of it, that we are down in that deep water until it's too late and we have gone too far. So there are four things that I'm going to share with you today to stay clear of. The first one is to not compare your husband or your marriage to anyone else. 
This includes viewing pornography as it creates an unrealistic expectation of what your relationship is really supposed to look like or what it is really going to look like. We only show the best sides of ourselves or our marriages when we're out in public. So what we see from the outside looking in on somebody else's marriage or the way somebody else is, is rarely the way that they truly are. We don't see what their life is really like or who this person really is and what living with them looks like. And more often than not, it is very different than what you see in the public eye. Because we only see this one side of them and what they choose to show other people when other ones are around. And we know the intimate things of our husbands. We know their quirks and we know their shortcomings. We tend to take those best things about somebody else or about somebody else's marriage and compare them to the worst things about ours. You know, we look at some guy and maybe, you know, he's at work or he's at church and he always seems so kind and so caring. And you just think about him and think, oh, I'm sure he's just so loving at home. That may not be the case. When he comes home, he could be just the same as any other guy is and probably is. But we all put our best foot forward when we're out in front of everyone else. And so we need to be sure that we are not comparing, that we are not looking at that other person and comparing them to our husbands. All that this does is bring about envy in our hearts. And in Proverbs 14.30, it says, A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. It only hurts us to do this. It only hurts our marriages as we look elsewhere and think that something else might be better. I assure you, it's most likely not. And that envy is only hurting your marriage. It is only dividing it more and more. So then the second thing is to be careful not to spend time with a male friend without your husband. This includes lunch with a coworker, working out or playing one-on-one sports together, going places that interest you, that don't interest your husband. This would also include texting, sending emails, or chatting on the phone. Just because you're not physically in front of this person, it does not protect you from the damages of having an affair. Having an emotional affair is a real thing and something that we also need to be aware of. Even what starts out as a simple gesture to be kind to a neighbor can lead down a road that you never intended to go. Years ago, when my kids were small and we lived in a newer neighborhood, my husband was working far away, so he wasn't coming home during the evenings. Um, During the week, he would stay off where his office was. And we had a, a new couple that had moved in next door and his wife was working nights. So I would invite him over to dinner. It was us and my three kids. And I would invite him over to dinner sometimes. And, you know, we would have dinner together and that sort of thing. And everything was fine. And then it happened. We were standing in the kitchen chatting with one another like we had always done But for whatever reason, our eyes locked on each other for just a couple of seconds until both of us kind of went, whoa, like that is not anything that either one of us wanted to have, that either one of us intended. 
We didn't want to go there. We had no interest in one another. And I can tell you that was the last time that I invited him over to my house. And it was, it wasn't anything that he had done wrong. It wasn't anything that I had done wrong. And except for the fact that he was over at the house, obviously too often, it was just, like I said, it can be so subtle and we have to be so careful. And fortunately, both of us were like, oh no, this is not something that we want to have happen. And we both walked away from it. I have also personally seen a few marriages end in divorce because of a relationship that started at the gym. Not that you have to totally, you know, work out alone or never play sports or anything, but do so in a group, being sure to be careful that there are definite lines that you do not cross and there is no indication that your relationship with anyone else is anything more than platonic. I used to play racquetball with a bunch of guys and they're a bunch of great guys. We had a lot of fun, but I did make clear boundaries as far as what our relationship was. And even still, I had someone who started to have feelings for me that I had to nip in the bud. So it happens so easily, ladies, and in places and in things that we never intended for it to happen. So we need to avoid that temptation by avoiding spending that time alone with other men. And I'm sure many of us have heard someone say, oh, it's just harmless flirting. It doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm here to tell you that flirting with someone other than your husband is never harmless, ever, especially when you do it in front of him. Yes, I know as women, most if not all of us desire to be seen as attractive, somebody that any man would like to have on his arm. But as a wife, your only desire should be for the attention of your husband, that he sees that you are beautiful and that he is proud to call you his wife. What other men think is really to be of no concern of ours. And think of how your husband feels when you flirt with another man or how you would feel if he was flirting with a woman and you were having to compete for his attention. So this is another thing that we need to avoid and stay clear of. The last one is to not confide in or share personal feelings with another man. Either confide in your husband, a girlfriend, maybe a female biblical counselor, but not another man. As you share these intimate feelings, you begin to build a bond and a closeness that can easily turn into sensual desire. It comes on subtly, just like the other things do. And before you know it, you have feelings for this person that you never meant to have. And that is why it's always good to seek support, accountability, counseling, anything like that from someone who is the same gender as yourself. Ladies, I do have a warning for you as well. Believe it or not, you are in a fight for your marriage. The enemy would like nothing more than to cause enmity between you and your husband and to break up your marriage. He knows that marriage is of God and that there is strength in it. And that it is a picture of Christ's love for his church. He knows that by causing problems in a marriage, he can lead people down a path of sin and destruction, which is his ultimate goal. Therefore, in 1 Peter 5.8, the scripture warns us, be sober, be vigilant, 
because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So ladies, be very aware of this. Be vigilant because there is a battle raging for your marriage. So I've shared with you what it is that you are to avoid and also a warning, but now I'm going to share what things that you can do to protect your marriage and to affair-proof your marriage. The first one is to cultivate your relationship. No marriage is a loving, lasting relationship without work. It doesn't just happen on its own. We must work at having a Christ-centered marriage, which requires both the husband and the wife to learn their God-given roles in the marriage relationship and to work on becoming more like Christ. As wives, I know we try, but we can't fix our husbands. We can't change our husbands. That is God's job. But we certainly can influence our marriages as we become the godly wives that we are called to be. As we devote some particular time and attention to this precious gift that God has given us called marriage. In Titus 2.4, and this is where the older women are to teach the younger women, it says that they admonish the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. In many cases, this is something that we need to learn. It's not something that we, that everybody just automatically knows. In preparing this episode, I happened to be chatting with one of my daughters and we were talking about this and she says, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's greener where you watered it. Well, it's the same thing with our relationship. We need to cultivate our relationship with our husbands. We need to water it. The first way that we can do that is to communicate with them. He can't read your mind. He doesn't just know automatically what you're thinking. You need to tell him. You need to tell him what you don't like, and you need to tell him what you do like, because he's not going to stop doing what you don't like unless you tell him. And this is something that, you know, in the beginning of my marriage, I had to teach my husband because I would do something that would frustrate him or anger him in some way. And he would get all frustrated and go, oh, people don't change. I'm just not going to tell you. And I finally had to go to him and go, look, I don't know what it is that I did to upset you. So I can tell you, I'm going to do it again and again and again, unless you tell me what it is, because I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking right now. And, and we have to do the same thing for our husbands. We need to let them know, hey, when you did this, didn't care for it so much. And this is why. And then we also need to let them know what it is that we do like. You know, hey, when you brought me those flowers or when you took care of this problem for me or whatever it was, brought me that glass of water when I was outside and I was hot, you know, whatever the thing is, but recognize it, call him out on it and thank him for it so that he sees, hey, you know, this is what she likes. This is what I can do for her and how to love her and to make her happy. He's not going to know unless you tell him. So we need to be sure that we're doing that and not even just in the everyday things of life, but ladies also in the bedroom. It's okay. We are there to please one another when we are intimate with one another. So communicate what it is that 
does it for you and let him communicate what it is that does it for him and just make that bond stronger. The next thing is to recognize the way that your husband shows that he loves you. Men don't always do it in the same way and they don't always do it in the way that we think that they should. And so we have to kind of look and see what is it that they do to show that they love us. You know, there have been times over the years that I have wished that my husband would show it more in words, in complimenting me or, you know, saying that was great or, you know, whatever it was, that I looked nice, but that's not what he does. He, he doesn't show it in that way, but he does show it in how he cares for me, how he takes care of my vehicle for me, how the, just this morning I was out pulling weeds and my husband sees me wiping my forehead, you know, every 10 minutes and sweat going into my face. And he comes outside with a towel that part of it was wet and part of it was dry so that I could wipe my face off with it and, and just kind of refresh myself. And, and he did that on his own. And that's how he shows that he loves me. No, he doesn't say the words and the things that, you know, I was kind of hoping that would happen, but that's okay because there are other things that he does that he takes that time. And if he were to say those words to me just because I asked him to, and they really wouldn't really mean anything. But the fact that he came and brought me this towel and his thought and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to care for me, that's what makes the difference. And that's what shows how much he loves me. The next one is to put your husband first before anyone or anything else. Sacrificially love him the way that Christ loves you. And this is even putting him before your children. That marriage bond that you and your husband have, that is the most important thing. And keeping that together, working on that, making that the priority, that's only going to help your children in having a solid foundation and seeing what a solid marriage looks like. So your husband needs to be first. In Romans 12, 10, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. We are to be their helpmate, to show them respect, to find ways to be able to help them and to put them first and to take care of them and to meet their needs. This isn't always in our general nature either. So we may need to find some ways, like take some time to think about how can I put him first? What can I do for him? What is it that he's been struggling with that maybe I can help him with? But to find ways to be able to help him and to be there for him. This will make it to where he's not looking elsewhere to find the love and respect that every man desires. The next one is plan a date night, a regular date night. Find a babysitter, plan where it is that you're going to go and do it regularly. It doesn't have to be something elaborate and expensive or anything like that, but just some quality time together that you can spend time talking with with one another, enjoying some of the same things. Maybe there's something that he likes to do that you're not a real big fan of. Go with him anyway. You know, my husband loves the races. So that's where we go sometimes is we go to the races. And I would certainly rather do that with him 
and enjoy that time together and see him enjoying the races than to spend that time apart. And then the last thing is to not deny your husband the intimacy that he desires to have with you. In 1 Corinthians 7, 3-5, it says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This intimacy that we have in our husbands, that's part of the bond of marriage that we have with them. And yes, there are times that we have to abstain because of medical reasons or for other things, but we should always be looking to coming back together again and not be using this as punishment or I'm mad at you, so no, I'm not going to be with you or, you know, something like that, but always be looking forward to that, always being willing to say yes to that intimate time that you have with your husband. As the scripture says, your bodies belong to each other and we are not to deprive one another of this except for for a time when it's necessary. I've given you a lot of information today, but it is useless unless we choose to live it out and to practice it for both you and your husband to help you from the temptation and the lure of having an affair. To do this, I recommend that you do a few things. The first one is to evaluate your vulnerabilities. Both you and your husband sit down together and do this. Recognize the possible temptation areas and make changes. Are you comparing your marriage or your husband to what you see in the media or to someone else, somebody on Facebook or Instagram or to one of your friends? Are you spending time alone with a guy that's not your husband, either physically or, you know, in the same room together or texting or emailing or chatting in some way? Are you confiding in another man, sharing your intimate feelings with him? I know you may think that he gets you better than your husband does, and this really helps you, but this is very dangerous and it is not worth the possibility of losing your husband for. If you are doing any of these things, either you or your husband, I mean, take a look, ask each other questions and really evaluate this. And if you see that any of this kind of thing is going on, then confess pray to the Lord and seek godly accountability from, if it's you, a sister in Christ, if your husband, a brother in Christ, but if any of these things are happening, then it needs to be confessed. And if need be, confess it to your husband um, and thoughts that you have had or feelings that you have had or that kind of thing so that you can get them out. You know, the enemy will use those secret feelings that we have had against us to make us feel guilty and to divide this wedge between us and our husbands. And if for some reason you can't confess it to your husband, then go confess it to another girlfriend and, but just talk about it and get it out because that just seems to loosen the hold that Satan will have on you and to make you feel guilty and to bring you down. 
and pray earnestly. Pray for God to help you with the feelings that you have to stop comparing, if that's the case, to stop any kind of a relationship, even though it hasn't gone too far yet, or just because it might go too far. So just end it and, um, and make sure that you avoid those temptations and seek godly accountability to avoid them. Have your husband or a girlfriend, somebody to kind of check up on you and say, Hey, how are things going? What's going on? Have you talked to this person and have them hold you accountable. And then the next thing is what ways can you work on to cultivate your relationship with your husband? Is it learning how to love him God's way and becoming the godly wife that God has called you to be? So do you need to be in Bible study? Do you need to be listening to more podcasts like this one? What is it that you need to do to make those changes? Do you need to communicate with him more and stop expecting him to know your thoughts and feelings without telling him what they are? So what is it that you need to tell him that he needs to stop doing? Or what do you need to praise him for and thank him for what he is doing and doing right? Have you stopped to recognize how your husband shows love to you? I mean, think about it for a minute. What what is it that he does that you feel that love from him and that you know that that's my man and he's the one that takes care of me or he's the one that is always there for me or whatever the case may be, but however it is that he shows love to you, maybe he brings you gifts, brings you flowers, whatever it is, but, um, but stop and recognize it and think about it and thank him for it. And then do you love him sacrificially? Are you putting his needs before your own in your everyday life? You know, even I've talked about this before, giving my husband the salad that has more tomatoes on it because that's what he likes. So it, it can even be in simple things like that. And then when's the last time that you and your husband went on a date? And I mean a date alone, no kids, no friends, no one else, just you and he to where you can just pay attention to one another and just kindle that fire that you have between the two of you. Are you keeping yourself from him for some reason? God calls us not to do this, but that we are to give ourselves to one another. As I said, that intimacy is part of the bond that you have in your marriage. It's something that you share with only your spouse, only your husband. And that is a very special thing and not something that we should be holding back on or using as punishment or whatever the case may be, but something that we should be open about something that we should be doing often. Ladies, enemy is real and so is the battle for your marriage. But with God's help and what we have chatted about today, you can affair-proof your marriage. I want to pray for you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, precious God, Lord, you are mighty and you see where we are. You see what's happening in our lives. You see the temptations that are before us. And Lord, you tell us that when we are tempted, you have provided a way of escape. And Lord, I pray that for each and every lady who is listening, Lord, if they are beginning to head down that road, if they are being tempted by another man, Lord, I just ask that you would show them that way of escape, that they would 
claim that verse, Lord, and that they would pray it to you and that you would guide them away from this. Lord, I pray that you would make all of us aware with our eyes wide open as to what the temptations look like, how easy it is to fall into this and how subtly it can happen, Lord. We have to be so, so aware. I pray that you would bind up the powers of the enemy that would work against our marriages, that would try to divide us with our husbands, that would try to bring in another man or another woman into our marriage that would cause problems, Lord. I pray that you would just really reach down to each one of these ladies into each one of their marriages, Lord, and that you would make them strong and that you would make them seek you and to seek your will and to be godly men and to be godly women. And Lord, that you would just bring them together and just the strength and the wisdom that you have, Lord. Lord, I pray this for each and every lady. Lord, I thank you so much because I know, I know that you are there for us. You guide us and direct us and you warn us. And Lord, I pray that the ladies heed your warning today and that they be vigilant and that they be sober about this, Lord, that they communicate with their husbands, that they sit down together and they talk about this and they do this together in protecting one another, Lord, and protecting their marriages. And Lord, I just pray for that protection over them. I pray for you to be with them, for you to keep these marriages together, that you make them strong in you, Lord. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today, and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.